0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Tuesday, but Tuesday is no longer Tuesday. Tuesday is. Say it with me, Josh. Scissor day, Scissor day. <laughs> Scissor day, folks. It's back for round two. Uh, of course, built off of rock, paper, scissors, but we glum onto the thing that's funnier and more juvenile because that's what we are, right? And that's who we cater to. Yep, the uh, we are the either the greatest common factor or the lowest common denominator. Either way. It's the best. It's Fantasy NBA today, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Tuesday edition, Scissor Day edition of your program. I am Dan Bespris. I am thrilled, as always, to be joined by my good buddy, Josh Millman. We are uh, on Twitter under our names, at Josh Millman, at Dan Bespris. If you want to give us a follow, you can certainly do so. We would encourage it. And I'm excited because, Josh, you're back for round two of Rock, Paper, Scissors. That was a hit last week.
1: I'm so glad it was. Yeah, the response was great. We got a bunch of you know, responses on Twitter, feedback, et cetera. So you can't keep a good man down. I, I'm more than happy to be back. This was a lot of fun.
0: It was fun to have you. It's fun to talk to someone uh, besides myself. Uh, like, <laughs> talking in a vacuum reminded me way too much of my days doing minor league baseball play-by-play, where you're just like yelling into the void for three and a half hours. This is this is also fun because it it brings other things into the. Sort of the topic database that either I'm overlooking or maybe I'm not giving enough time to. Uh, last week, your your rock paper scissors were uh, Davis Bertans, I believe, was the rock. Your paper, by the way, turned out to be a rock by the end of the week. I know, uh, and then I
1: I, I, I was going to give you a little bit of crap. About you should, that because you because you were like, I'm done with him. Forget it. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait.
0: Just you talked me into you- it. I, I, and there you go. I gave you a ton of credit, by the way, on yesterday's podcast, the Monday show, uh, where I said, because I, I, I was breaking down the weekend and I was like, you know, thank goodness for Josh Millman last week, because you guys probably remember me going, ah, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. He's doing, he's not even looking at the rim. And you were like, wait, Dan. Wait, hold it together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bah, fine. I think I just i I had out. to
1: talk you off the ledge, but the, hey, you know what? That's what I'm here for, and that's why you have me on more Damn often.
0: right. That's another good reason to have someone else in my ear because I, <laughs> I get on here and I get frustrated with guys, and then someone can go, easy, big fella. You know better. You know what this guy can do. The only thing that's not there is, you know, 30-something percent shooting or whatever it was. So, yeah, he uh, – and then the paper – or the uh, the scissor – scissor – was Caesar. The, the was a true scissor. R.J. Barrett has continued to be absolutely terrible. So uh, mm. for the folks that didn't catch last week's episode. Um, oh, you know, before we even jump into that, I want to remind everybody once again, I uh, hope you all got on the uh, the bruise letter train yesterday. So I'll, I'll leave you off the hook for that one for a little bit. But remember, we are building out our team coverage here at Ball. Josh, you've worked with the great Mike Passador for a couple of years now. Say something nice about the Panda Man.
1: Panda is the most easygoing dude. He is great to work with. Super, super smart. One of the smartest guys in the business. You will learn a ton from him. Go apply now.
0: See, there you go. I'm, I'm over here stuck in my pod world. I don't get to work with Panda as much as I'd like to. He will be running the show of our team coverage unit. If you want to get involved covering uh, a team, not a fantasy team. This is a real NBA beat spot. Hit us up if you want to be a contributor here at Hootball. Uh, at Dan Vespers on Twitter or send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Okay, now back to the uh, the topic at hand. Uh, Josh for the uninitiated, what is rock paper scissors for fantasy basketball? I know what it is when I'm playing it with my kid, but what is it when I'm playing it with Davis Bertans? Wait, with Davis
1: Bertans. rock paper scissors for the uninitiated like you said is a concept that I came up with for my Fantasy Facebomb columns over at The Hoob, Hoob. as we call it. And I will pick three random players or so and assign them each a category. Uh, Rocks are people, or the players that I believe in and believe that you should hold on to as well and think they are solid, like a rock. Like a rock. Paper. Paper are guys who I am a little bit flimsy about, like a piece of paper. Not sure if I want to keep them, cut them. I don't know. Or maybe just holding out a little bit of hope that they can turn things around. And Caesars, (laughs) as you may have guessed, just cut all together, be rid of them. Good riddance.
0: Mm. Okay, so we mentioned what last week's dose was of those. Uh, The Rock was Davis Bertans, who at the time was already hot and got hotter after you talked about him which
1: i gave him uh, a magic touch basically that, yeah. his his hot streak from behind the arc thanks to
0: yours truly that's um that's pretty crazy cuz he was sitting at like 40 something when we talked about him and now he's at 33 i didn't think it's there was insane. any chance he could go higher
1: but i mean i i, I had to check the the last 2 weeks he's 7th on a per game nah. basis so wait it's a minute
0: I want to do a quick follow up on Davis because, and and on Marcus Ole actually, because those two guys deserve uh, four or five minutes of our time before we break into this week's rock paper scissors. This, do you think there's enough? I think the 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 point that you and I came to on Bertan's last week was you just ride it because there isn't much name recognition there where you can get a top forty guy back for him. You're not gonna get a top forty guy back for him. Is do you think there's enough name power now, one week later, or are we still in that same category where it's like he's been awesome, but people probably don't even realize how awesome he's been? So you might as well just enjoy it yourself.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's again, it's like you said, just ride it out. It's hard to. I think it's the same thing. It's this is everyone. The perception would be is that this is just a guy in a hot streak. But I think we also talked about okay, if you are going to try to sell high on him, who are some names that we could throw out there? Uh, and these are kind of your boring-ish top fifty guys, just in case the wheels do fall off, and you can look at a guy like a Tobias Harris mm-hmm. or Chris Middleton, guys who are you know steady Eddie, and you know deliver that that value, but don't have that kind of top seven absurdity that Bertans is going through that maybe if you want to put some offers and feelers out there, that that's the kind of range of player that I would look at if you're looking to sell high on Bertans.
0: By the way, shout out to Chris Middleton for getting his percentages in order this year. That was um, that was one of the big issues with him last season, but he's been hyper-efficient this year. That That's the stuff that I think everybody was hoping for with him, and, and it seems like it maybe it just took... Like a year and a half to figure out how to be the second fiddle on that team.
1: Yeah, just with Giannis just controlling everything. Yeah, it was about it was bound to happen, and he held some uh, some lingering in- injury issues for parts of last year. I wonder if that didn't affect him a little bit as well.
0: But uh, Josh is absolutely right. Those are the guys that I think you should be targeting. Um, the steady Eddies. Uh, the question is, will anybody part with them yet? And the answer is probably you. You won't know until you try. And you could legitimately try every week as long as Davis continues to hit like this. Uh, I don't know that I'd go much farther down the charts, but I think that's kind of what we talked about last week as well. And then on the other side, uh, your paper, which sort of molded itself into a a rock-like paper, Marcus Gasol, (laughs) he's been, uh, I believe he's been inside the top 50 over the last two or three weeks now. It was like that wet tissue paper that you had
1: at schools, <laughs> and you use them for spitballs. That's the kind of rock that Marcus All was. Yeah, I, I said just you, you have to kind of look past the field goal percentage a little bit, but you know, rebounding, defense, etc. These are these are things that he was always going to bring to the table, and it was just a matter of okay, if he can just pick it up a little bit on the offense offensive end. Now, he doesn't need to he doesn't need to turn into James Harden all of a sudden, but just enough to inch up that field goal percentage, keep rebounding, keep distributing the ball, keep blocking shots and lo and behold, you can find value just as long as you recalibrate your expectations that those top 50 days might be long gone, but he's having a top 50 stretch right now without having to to score the basketball at will.
0: Mm. Okay. Turning our attention now to Week Nine's Rock Paper Scissors, where would you like to begin? Your rock, your paper, or your scissor? Caesar. Well, We gotta, we gotta do this in. We have to do it in proper order. Okay. I feel like. All right. I didn't know if maybe you want to go backwards and scissor well, like, somebody first. like because the game,
1: the game's
0: not scissors, paper, rock, man. Like, uh, <laughs> That's true. What is this? <laughs> Some sort of chaos? Okay. I know all right keep, keep us straight here. okay order order on the fantasy nba today court uh we'll do it the normal way fine you damn normal person <laughs> who's the rock who's the rock of the week all right
1: my rock right now uh a guy that probably isn't getting a ton of attention he just kind of just kind of hanging around fancy teams tj warren oh interesting okay what do you got on tj So I just think that he's had just kind of a a rough couple of weeks. And I wanted to just take a look at at his overall season. And he's just kind of hovering around the top 100 right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: News about Victor Oladipo and his pending return might have some people panicking a little bit. So this was just me thinking, you know what? Hold the phone. He's had a bit of a tough stretch. Uh, yeah, he's been shooting under 40% over the past week or so. Just he is who he is. He's well, he, as we talked about steady eddies in the top 50, this is kind of a steady eddy in the top hundred, but, uh, you know, he's not going to get the kind of, uh, you know, massive usage that he had from his Phoenix days. Uh, but th- th- it's been pretty steady all season. and I don't see any reason for that to change. It's just been a bit in a bit of a shooting slump. Uh, but uh, I I do think that if there were any owners who saw this these past couple weeks and a little bit of the struggles as a potential harbinger of things to come, I don't think you should sweat it so much. Uh, Depot's kind of like he's kind of hanging in balance right now. He went yeah. from like oh he should be back any time now to we're not really sure you know when he's coming back
0: so that's how it always goes with those guys right we're not going to rush it blah 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 the fact that the team is winning makes it a lot easier too for them to just sort of piddle along and it's looking like depot probably more sometime in january instead of we had we had heard initially around christmas um honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play significant minutes until february depot well,
1: that's the thing also even when he comes back it's going to be no back-to-backs it's going to be minutes capped at like 20 25 minutes mm-hmm. there's still going to be plenty of room in this rotation for tj warren that i'm not worried about at all and it's more of just like you know what even like a, like a marcus soul like we talked about sometimes the boring guys need a little bit of love too and <laughs> yeah, as as He's not exciting. He's you know, just a, a regular guy in this Indiana rotation, but at the same time, he's still valuable. And anyone who might have been panicking at the news or might have been panicking at the, the last week or so of play, I'm just telling you don't. He'll be fine.
0: The other note, by the way, on, uh, on TJ Warren is that the Pacers have talked, uh, the, Nate McMillan and the other members of the coaching staff have actually talked more lately about going small and separating Demonis Sabonis and Miles Turner, which would create additional room for TJ Warren at the four. So I don't know that his minutes even take the hit that everybody's afraid of, even when Oladipo comes back.
1: Dan, the truth of the matter was, was I, I wanted to stick my neck out and say miles Turner because it's been that precipitous of a drop for him. Yeah. But I, 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 I actually went the safe route here and went TJ Warren instead of, instead of miles Turner, because yeah, we want to say we, we could do it too for here. I think he's fine <laughs> to hang on to because the blocks keep his floor up. But Holy Moses, like something's got to give with him because he is, he's been a non-factor with, with Sabonis just, just taking everything from, from the inside and out. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, but anyone who's, you know, took a really early pick on, on Turner just got to be disappointed at this point, but you get, you just got to hold on to him. And maybe this, this switch that you just talked about kind of jumpstarts him a little bit.
0: I think that, uh, you know, I think people look at the miles Turner. Well, fine. Let's do make it a twofer. for uh, people. I think are going to look at his minutes dip lately into that 26 to 29 range instead of 32 and think that it's necessarily a horrible thing. I'm not sure that it's the worst, provided his minutes come when he's the center. If he's out there, I'd rather see twenty six, twenty seven 27 minutes of Miles Turner largely at center than 32 where he's heavily playing power forward. He's just not a good power forward. It's a bad fit. No, it,
1: it was, yeah, just the whole this was the concern going into the season with Turner and Sabonis playing together is that they just got to figure out how to stagger them a little bit more. Um, But again, I think overall he'll be fine, but at this point it's probably fair to wonder if he'll hit his draft capital. And I I don't think he will.
0: No, probably not. Um, So what are you trading away to get TJ Warren or miles Turner? Would you give more for one than the other? I'm guessing it costs more for miles Turner, even though they're basically ranked, Within what, five, six slots of one another? Five now? or six
1: slots of yeah. each other. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would say for TJ Warren, um, there's probably not a whole lot that that you would need to grab a TJ Warren. I think it's a matter of just kind of finding positional need at this point. True. For for Miles Turner, um that one's a little bit more complicated. I think what you can do is try to convert a a hot pickup. And see if you can't, uh, you know, flip him on someone who's soured on, on, uh, on Turner. I'm going to make uh, your life really hard
0: right now. Can I make your life oh really God, hard? Yeah,
1: yeah. Please make it really hard. Go ahead.
0: He's currently ranked in the low 80s. He has the sweetest hair in Brooklyn. Would you? <laughs> would you trade Jared Allen away to get Miles Turner back? Because I think I would.
1: Oh man. Um, potentially, yes.
0: If you've seen, by the way, the uh, the jerseys framed in Josh's man cave, you're you're not uh, you're not shy about the fact that you do enjoy the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I do enjoy
1: the Brooklyn Nets, formerly New Jersey Nets. That's we, right. We, we need to be even I'm an old man here. There was a team before they moved to Brooklyn.
0: That's true. So that's true. Um, so. Uh, um, these are the guys that I'm looking at because I feel like Miles Turner with two or three good games could leap from around a hundred to around 75 yeah. pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Alan's been on a bit of a tear also recently. And I just wonder, you know, the, the returns or the pending returns of Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert, if that, that eats into his offense a little bit, I think the rebounding will be fine and the blocks should still be all right. Uh, but he's had a good run with, with Kyrie out, but you know, they keep pushing back, his return, but once, once they both make it back, it's going to put a dent into how many, uh, how dependent they'll be on him to, uh, to make buckets. All right. Who else did you have for me in, in that range?
0: Okay. Uh, Uh, other guys in that range trending down Paul Millsap, would you give him up for, uh, either Warren? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Okay. So either, either pacer over Millsap. Yeah. 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 What about their teammate, Jeremy Lamb? Hmm. That's a good one.
1: Um, I yeah, if, if if for Warren, I feel like they're a bit of a wash. Yeah,
0: totally a wash. But
1: but for Turner, I would I would do
0: that. Yeah, you'd prefer Miles Turner there. Yes. Um, what about Luke Kennard? Because if Blake Griffin is actually gonna miss any time, we know he can Kennard can actually be pretty good when there's some usage yes. floating around.
1: Um I, I think that scenario, again, a lot of that depends on team need. I think, you know, gun to my head, if you will, I would probably take Turner. In that scenario, but yeah, I feel like Griffin is, is, is bound to miss time. Yeah. So yeah, canard can, Kinnard can light it up just as long as it's not, it's him and not Derek Rose or something like that, taking 25 shots a night.
0: So, uh, in that when it's Turner over Kennard over the, uh, the wings. Yes. Okay, let me see who else I can find in this territory to to make your life complicated. Uh, <laughs> what about Jeff Teague? I, I know you've you uh, on our premium show talked a little bit about his uh, possible trade destinations. He's playing pretty well these days. He's number seventy two. Yes, yep. uh, is he the bottom of your list out of these guys because of the uncertainty, or does he jump over the wings, uh, or possibly over all of them?
1: I would say there there's a little bit of uncertainty. I think he's a kind of guy. That's about the range that I would look at uh
0: for warren
1: or 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 for turner uh a guy like you know teague who's gotten hot again it's come at the expense a little bit of of wiggins who's gotten a little bit back into his old ways the poor shooting um you know and and it took him a little bit to to kind of get used to his bench roll but he's had a nice run and yeah that team is is a team in flux so anyone who's acquiring him is probably not doing it to be, you know, a, a starter and play minutes well into the thirties. So I would say that, yeah, probably both of them fatigue at this point is is a uh, would, would be a fair deal in my estimation.
0: Last last two guys actually I'm gonna lump them together. Uh, <laughs> okay. they're they're sort of like three and D plus type of dudes. OG Ananobi, Daniel House, would you like those guys over any of the pacers or how does that stack up for you?
1: Um uh, Ananobi got real hot and then cooled off real quickly. Uh, I think I would take both of those guys over Warren because they are, you know, again, it's a positional right. thing. Uh, but I would probably bet on a buy low from for Turner for mm, those guys.
0: I like it. I think we may have stumbled onto a few interesting scenarios for folks here. All yes. Right. All right. Crumpled up wet paper. What do you got for me? Crumpled
1: up wet paper, Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> I
0: I really like our new our new terms for this this uh, game we're playing, and we should introduce we, it to we, the children the, of the... The thing is, we we got to stick with Caesar Day because
1: if we go with crumpled up wet paper Day, it'll just confuse <laughs> everyone. We can only do things one day at a time.
0: I'm definitely putting that in the tweet promo for this show. <laughs> is it Caesar Day? Question mark. Is it crumpled up moist paper Day? Maybe. People hate the word moist. Maybe I shouldn't use that. Um, <laughs> all right, Larry Nance Jr., he's he's outside the top 110 right now, but I'm guessing he's on your paper list because there's a ton of ways that he could leap into the top 75.
1: Oh, yes, sir. Uh, this is, again, it all hinges on just what the heck happens with Kevin Love. And, and also, to a degree, I, I think we're kind of waiting for the wheels to fall off of Tristan Thompson as well. Yep. Um, and cause really there, there, there was really no conceivable way that the two of them weren't going to survive as calves for the entire season. So he's going to step up at some point, but the minutes right now have been dwindling a little bit. And I went and looked, his steal rate is kind of bottoming out and it might be a little bit old school of me and not really like. Digging into it, but it almost kind of stems from like defense. You look at effort and I just wonder if like this team isn't like just going through the motions and that's affecting his play. Because usually what we can rely on from Larry Nance Jr. are the defensive stats and they're just not there this year. So I think as long as we can bank on a shakeup coming. Which probably is going to have to happen at some point. Then I'm more than willing to kind of hang on to him and let let that scenario play out. However, that could be for another, not for another, I don't know, three, four, five, potentially six weeks up yeah. until the trade deadline. So if you need to to move on, and you're simply not getting the defensive stats you thought you were going to get from Larry Nance, you can move on. I think, but you know, to me, there's enough there to say. I'm willing to ride this out. I have the bench spots, but if you're if you're in need of a spot, I understand it. He's a little bit of that that tweener spot for for me right now.
0: So, if you were going to attempt to buy him off of somebody, because he is still pretty heavily owned right now, seventy three percent, I think, in Yahoo is the number uh, at the time of recording this pod. It shouldn't take much, but you got to figure that the teams that are holding him also are doing so with the the thought. Well, maybe not. Maybe some teams are holding him just because he's been fine, and he's like he hadn't been great, he hadn't been terrible. He's been right in that, as you said, tweener department. I got to think that if you give up someone ranked almost anywhere ahead of him, you could probably get him at this point. Probably, yes. That's a lot of guys. It
1: is a lot of guys. I don't There's think a I whole can... hundred and something ahead of him. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't even think I can come up with good numbers for you. What about like uh, Dario Saric? I, I, would you give him up for Nance? I would.
1: If if I was getting Nance, yeah, I would give yeah. up Dario Saric for Nance.
0: Especially with DeAndre Ayton coming back here. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, for sure. Th- uh, what about uh, Joe Harris, Brooklynite?
1: Uh, that, that they're two completely different players. Yeah, so I would imagine. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I I'm gonna let my home team bias come in i'd keep harris take,
0: take, <laughs> taking and plead the fifth on that one Yeah, uh, exactly. deandre jordan also hometown team
1: well i would take nance there just that you know he jordan's going to be limited i think like he's his ceiling is like the top hundred and not much else so. yeah
0: very minimal ceiling there yeah um it's tough for me to find any other examples in that range because a lot of these guys are sort of on and off of rosters throughout the year
1: but I think that's the beauty of of what I'm trying to do with rock paper scissors is that there is a lot of variability. and these are things mm-hmm. that can change, you know today, tomorrow, over the course of the next few weeks. And these are this is where the decision making is for most teams. You know this is this is the this is part of the management that we have to go through. The more, I get more questions about like these fringe guys than I do, you know, studs or or wild trade scenarios. so these this is, this is why I'm, I'm delivering this for the people, Dan.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like all of the answers to those questions should come with the asterisk that just says, ultimately, your choice between uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Dylan Brooks probably won't change the outcome of your fantasy season.
1: Probably not. But yeah. hey, you know, you, you got to place your bets on someone.
0: Yep. So try to
1: find as much upside as you possibly can.
0: And there is some with Larry Nance. We've seen it in the past. A couple more minutes goes a long way. And, you know, if they turn him loose a little bit, then the steal rate probably comes back as well. Now, dare I ask, I mean, the day has a name after all, who are we (laughs) got to think about, I need like the Archer phrasing drop to come in here at some point phrasing (laughs) Uh, Josh, who are we scissoring today?
1: Oh, he, we, we mentioned him not that long ago, and this might be a bit controversial, but I'm going for it. Blake Griffin.
0: Mm. Ooh. wow. That is, that is a serious one. Cause this is a dude that was foolishly, might I add. And if anybody was listening to basically anything we do at hoop ball, he would not have been drafted, but in many leagues, he was drafted in the fifties and sixties.
1: It, it, it's time guys. It's, it,
0: uh, we we he
1: has been well established around these parts of just not having a fantasy friendly game other than the popcorn that he delivers. He's not even delivering the popcorn this year. There is something really, really wrong with him. and mm-hmm. And this team, this this is another team that is completely in flux. And now Drummond's name's in the rumor mill. I'm sure if if his knee wasn't completely shot, Blake, Griffin's name would be in the rumor mill. I I am extremely concerned about just the fact that he needed to go. Like he hasn't looked at all explosive this year. No. And then just for him to, you know, need this MRI. And we don't know what the results were. It happened on on Sunday, I believe. That is that's a massive red flag to me that there is something really wrong with him. He doesn't have the stats for, you know, just he, he, he's a name. He's a name at this point. If you th- if you think you can, you're going to he's going to turn something around with a knee issue, a poor stat set to begin with. And all the other headwinds he's got with the team in flux, then you're, you're a braver person than I am. I, I'm just I'm not I can't get too invested in the name. I've got to move on somewhere, and, and I'll, I'll let someone— he can be someone else's problem, in my opinion.
0: So I have a very important follow-up question on this one. There's so much name recognition with Blake Griffin. What do you think you could get back? Or are you advocating a straight-up scissor cut? This, to me,
1: is—I is I think that's a fair point. I should say that if you can flip him, which is going to be difficult to do because he's like his his knee is in the news right now.
0: Yeah, this is a big bad, deal. Bad and so hurt th- is a bad combo,
1: right? So maybe if you can flip him for I don't know, like a a, a fringe top hundred guy, like like we were just talking about, like a TJ Warren or a, a Miles Turner, even if you if you're so lucky, and maybe someone invests in that name. Then I, I, you know, try to move him for just anything, at Oof. this point. And if no one bites or the news is bleak about his knees, I suspect that it will be. And I'm not a doctor by any means, but <laughs> I think that's your last resort before he, before you, you, you ditch him altogether.
0: Here's an exercise that I think is useful in situations like this one. Go to your league's draft results page and figure out where Blake Griffin was drafted. Uh, And if you're the team that took him, this is obviously the most important part. I know that we told you not to over and over again, but I'm sure some of you did anyway. Look at people that were drafted later than Blake Griffin by, I don't know, one to two rounds. And see if any of them have been quietly useful, but really uninspiring. Those are the guys that you should be looking for right now. So I'm looking at one of my more competitive 12-team leagues. Blake was taken in the middle of the sixth round. Uh, so 66th overall, which, by the way, is relatively late. And and I think a testament to uh, how good the players are in this league that they just kept letting him fall, even as he sat at the top of the Yahoo draft window. Um, looking in round seven, round eight, some of the names in there that I think probably fall into under the purview here that Josh was talking about. Uh, guys we talked about before already. Uh, Jeff Teague is in that category. He was in the eighth round and has been quietly fine, but everybody's afraid of him. Uh, Jared Allen in the eighth round, who we talked about already. Derek Favors, who hasn't done much. That's an interesting buy low if you wanted to make that switch. Larry Nance, who we already just talked about, is a guy that, I mean, maybe we tie our scissor into our paper here in this way. Um, but to me, that's one way to come up with some interesting names. Also, TJ Warren, now ninth round, who Josh already said. Uh, JJ Reddick is down there. I'm just thinking about guys that are hovering near that, that 85 to 110 range where you can throw him as your ninth or 10th guy on your team and they'll be more helpful than Blake Griffin's been to this point. Have you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, Josh, but I'm not sure if everybody else has. Blake Griffin is shooting in the mid thirties on a high volume so far this year. I mean, he's been, I've been complaining about Julius Randall a lot on this podcast. Blake Griffin has been Julius Randall and then one click worse.
1: Yeah, it's been just as bad. It, it's really just, he's gotten nothing going. It's
0: like not
1: even top 275, like top 300 on the season on a per game basis this year. It's, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad. He's shooting. Yeah. He's shooting 37% on the season and they're still letting him handle the ball. And, and what's worse is that Andre Drummond grabs every rebound in sight. So it's not as if, you know, he can make up for it there and he doesn't have, the kind of teammates where he can be this facilitator and 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 bring up his assist categories there's nothing there
0: there really isn't yeah and the, and I, I don't think he wants to go get the rebounds if his knees messed up anyway so it's sort of a right, double exactly. whammy there the, this is also one of his best free throw shooting seasons of his career so it could actually get worse that's hard to believe but it could yeah He's not healthy. Can we agree on that? He's not close. We
1: we can definitely agree on that. It's just he is not right. He's not healthy. The team's a mess. It's it's just a recipe for disaster.
0: Last year is such a weird anomaly. Now
1: seventy. He He looked incredible to start the year last year.
0: He was great. He only sort of fizzled the last like what three or four weeks, and then they sat him down for a while. I mean, he was yeah. He played seventy five games, which is the most he's played since two thousand thirteen. It was it was a revelation. He made his yeah. he, he eliminated a lot of his mid range game in favor of threes and layups and going to the free throw line the third most times of any season in his career, and all of that, and this is the this is the thing that I harped on in the offseason, all of those great numbers from last year, the the field goal percent coming back up, the increased threes, the steals that were actually not I mean, they were terrible, but they weren't Blake Griffin terrible, the rebounds, the assists, it was all there. And he was still outside the top 60 last season. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of why you were like, look, a best case scenario is number 65. Still, you know, not to toot anybody's horn too much here. I don't think any of us saw top 300 coming. That's pretty bad.
1: No, this is this is the bottom. And maybe look, maybe if the best case scenario is they say, you know, there's nothing too damaging here. He just needs a few games off. Maybe he comes back. And he's all right, but again, like we said, under the perfect circumstances last year, he was a top sixty-five player. You're under the best circumstances right now. What what what's a top one hundred player at best? I I I wouldn't even know how to peg a value on that at this point. So you're you're if you can get something for him, that's great. But otherwise, I I. I wouldn't blame you. It, I, I put him as a scissor because obviously, you know, it's a, to, to put myself a little bit on that hot take meter uh, for, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the podcast here. But But that's just where I'm at with him mentally, is that he's going to have that little red cross thing, the little red cross sign next to his name, and just people are going to freak out. And so if you can't get anything and you need someone on
0: your bench, he would be a guy that I would say, you got to go. Mm. There you go. All right. Josh, hot take meter pinging into the red here. Um <laughs> Rock, Paper, Scissor, week nine slash week two for us in the books. Thank you, my good man. Dude, thank you for having me for Caesar Day, who us? It's Josh Milman. He is at Josh Milman on Twitter, J O S H M I L L M A N. Follow him immediately and then bother him incessantly. I give you full permission. <laughs> I condone it. Josh, you uh, you ready to be bothered?
1: I'm always ready to be
0: bothered. My man.
1: By you, by everyone else. Bring it at me, hoop ballers. I'm ready.
0: We'll talk to you in a week. Take care, Dan. Thank you. The wonderful Josh Millman joining us here on uh, Scissor Day. <laughs> we are children here at Fantasy NBA Today, and I'm okay with that. Uh, let's rip through the Monday box scores. That feels like the last thing to do on this podcast. I already told you about uh, a few of the important things going on, and then we will wrap things up. Washington, Detroit uh, down a few bodies in this ball game. Rui Hachimura suffered a groin contusion in the third quarter, and then he left for the rest of the ball game. Yan uh, Mahimi went to the locker room late in the contest, but Isaiah Thomas came back with 23 points and six assists. In 25 minutes, I have to admit, I wimped out and I didn't start him because I figured he'd be on a little bit of a minutes limit. I did not expect him to come out and play with the third highest usage on the team behind just Bradley Beal and then Ish Smith off the bench, who, I mean, that's the that's the real golden role you want on this team is coming off the bench and leading the, the slap dink second unit because uh, you can do whatever the hell you want in that spot. But in terms of starters, IT was number two in usage, and that's colossal for our purposes, and I will say, and not that I wanted any of this to happen, but with Hachimura going down and Wagner out, it does free up more usage for other guys in the starting unit right now, and obviously with Thomas Bryant, who's been hurt for a week and a half at this point, so this may be our window here, and I don't know if that's going to be something that holds throughout the rest of the year, but If this is the moment where IT's like, oh, well, I guess I gotta go do more stuff, maybe he starts doing stuff and then just never stops. So if you had Isaiah Thomas, you sit on him. If you didn't, I think there's a pretty good reason to grab him at this point. He's uh, fairly well-rostered in leagues. He's in the mid-30s, which, of course, for my leagues, that means uh, he's going to be on every team. Um, So go scoop him up. See what happens. I... I I had to part ways with him in a couple of spots, and I'm upset about that, but uh, he's in a he's in a pretty good position right now, so we'll see if that holds a little bit. Uh, Detroit side, no Bra- uh, no Blake Griffin and no Andre Drummond, who's still dealing with avocado eye, which remains the weirdest damn thing ever. Uh, so when that happens, number one, you know Derek Rose is going to get a ton of usage. He was at 31.8 in this ballgame. If those two guys miss any more time, that'll continue. And really for Rose, we only truly need Griffin to miss time because he's that lead uh, distributor ball handler in the first unit. And so Derek Rose sort of gets relegated only to lead dog in the second unit. With this one, he can slide in with the first guys a little bit more and make some headway there. Luke Kennard uh, almost always plays better when Blake Griffin is out as well. And then with Andre Drummond out, I mean, I, I, I sort of fell into it as well. I figured Christian Wood would have a bigger ball game, And frankly, his game wasn't that bad until you get to the free throw line. 12.6 boards, a steal, a block. That's the kind of thing where you're like, all right, fine. You know, it's not as big as I was hoping for, but it's not a complete disaster. And then two for eight at the free throw line is a, is a total disaster. You guys will remember that I said a bunch of times on this podcast, I I, I was... You know I I tweeted something out last night about how most of the guys that I was watching played really well yesterday and everybody's like what about Christian Wood? And I was like you're right, he didn't have a great ball game. Here's the thing. I had said multiple times on this podcast I thought it was too early for everybody to go gaga over Wood. I said it was stream territory when two big men are out, which is what this ball game was. But when only one guy is out and I think that's going to be soon, I don't know I I I I'm down on Blake Griffin and have been you know, all year, as you, as we heard earlier on the uh, this podcast talking with Josh. Uh, I think Andre Drummond's back in the next game or two at the very latest, and then I don't know what room Christian Wood really has to operate at that point. What, 20, 22 minutes? That's not enough for me, and I get it. This is a little bit of a stash kind of thing because he'll provide for you in small doses while you wait for things to open up more, but as I also said on Twitter yesterday, I thought Markeith Morris was going to have first crack at everything, and he did. So, yeah, Christian Wood didn't have a great ball game, but if you go back and you look through everything that we said on the podcast and everything I said on Twitter, I said this is probably a stream territory. I think he'll probably have a decent ball game, which was, frankly, semi-wrong because of the free-throw line. Did not expect that to happen. He's not a 25% high-volume free-throw shooter, so tough to see that one coming. So I'll take the small a lowercase l on that but i'm taking a lowercase w on the other stuff which is derrick rose is a better stream markeith morris has the first crack at minutes all of that stuff panned out perfectly and the only thing i totally whiffed on was who the hell knew bruce brown was gonna go nuts rumbling along cleveland is terrible that's all we need to say about that team really uh nice to see tristan thompson uh go for 18 and 8 but continues to be a horrid foul shooter lately Uh, Norman Powell going big again with no Freddie Van Fleet. As long as he's out, Powell's got an easy track to minutes in production, so just keep riding it. They'll probably keep him in the 20s and minutes even after Freddie comes back. I don't know if that's going to be enough for him, but he's obviously shown some growth that he didn't have in the past, really a a bump up in in categories that uh, we hadn't seen in previous years, more threes, more steals. That's a big deal for him. I was also watching Serge Ibaka, Whose minutes have been trending down pretty hard, really wasn't a bad ball game for Serge, but he was way down on the list. When a team scores 133, you sort of hope and expect more. But uh, 14 and five with a block is not the worst thing in the world. You, I guess you you just hope for, you know, maybe if he makes all three of his free throws or doesn't have a turnover, little tiny things like that actually would have bumped him up the charts pretty quickly. Yesterday, I'm gonna call this a a very small win, maybe like an okay. And he'll buy himself another game. That's pretty much what that one did. And it was a blowout, too. So maybe he would have seen another two, three minutes had it not been. Chicago blew a 26-point lead to the Thunder in this ballgame. Oops. But good fantasy lines for all the guys that we were in, in question on. This is, by the way, this is the game that really made my night. Uh, I have a lot of Tomas Sadoransky's. He had 11-6-6 with three steals and a block. I have a lot of Chris Dunn's because I love his defense and he had 5 points which is nothing his usage was 6 in 31 minutes but a three pointer three rebounds five assists three steals that's exactly what you wanted to get out of him i have a ton of chris paul i mean you guys know that he's the guy that i was sitting on here just basically laying it on the line for this year he was the guy that i said this is our this is our massive value he's going in the third late third round and he can walk into early-round value on this team, and it's it's happening. And, and i got to say, I'm knocking on wood every single day because I know the injury is around the corner, and his minutes are, frankly, too high. I don't want him playing 32, 33 minutes a game. I want him at 29 or 30 so his body doesn't break down. But we're talking about a guy now who's sitting on 16, 6.5, 1.7 steals, 1.73s 1.7 on 46.5% shooting and 89.5 at the free-throw line. He has been a revelation He's number 18 on a per game basis in nine cat, and he's number 10 by totals because, again, knocking on wood, he hasn't gotten hurt yet. I have a lot of teams that would be in much worse shape if I didn't have Chris Paul pretty much everywhere on earth. I just tried to get him every single place, and you guys know that. And so that one's been uh, that one's been nice so far. But this one is one where things panned out. I mean, Nerlens Noel had a solid ball game again. He's one that we've been. Sort of happy about here at, uh, at ball and on Fantasy NBA Today. Uh, Dennis Schroeder's been better lately, although his turnovers continue to be a bit of a drag. Uh, and they had the big comeback. So all, all is well in Frumpton, I guess, for this, for this one evening. And for the Thunder, who are battling it out with some of the other crapper teams at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff race, they're currently in the eighth seed, a game up on the Suns, who uh, lost later in the evening. We'll get to that one in a minute. Spurs blew a lead at Houston. Team's just blowing leads all over the place, but at least our guy, Lamarcus Aldridge, had a good ball game. 19 13, a couple blocks, a steal, a three, four assists, four for four at the foul line. Uh, the question marks with this team, of course, revolving around the point guard spot. It looks like Deontay Murray has moved back into the driver's seat on that one, and they were competitive in this ball game, and maybe that's enough. Derek White actually played pretty well in his 23 and a half minutes off the bench, but uh 23 minutes is not my favorite one thing you will notice about this game is that Derek White and Deontay Murray's minutes add up to more than 48 so there were stretches where they didn't just split the point guard minutes that's a good sign does it continue I have no idea but if it does it's a way for both guys to move into fantasy value so keep a very close watch on the stuff going on there I'm willing to venture the guess that Murray is 100% owned in your leagues because he should never have been dropped despite the annoyances along the way. Derek White, there's a very reasonable chance he's available in your league, so watch that closely. If his minutes trend up into the mid to high 20s and Murray's stay up near 30, both guys could have fantasy value, so uh, watch that, watch that tight. We're going to keep... I mean, we're not going to stop, so... I mean, I don't know i don't even know why I said it. Houston side, this is one of our only main guys that didn't perform, and that's Daniel House again, who for whatever reason has just completely disappeared from the usage discussion. He's still playing plenty of minutes, uh, you know, since coming back from his illness. He's still averaging around 30 minutes a ball game. He's just not taking any shots. I don't fully understand why. Uh, four points, four boards, two steals. Uh, but only eight shot attempts in this ballgame in 27 minutes. Uh, Ben McLemore is out there taking shots left and right like it's going out of style, and I wonder if that's really been the thing is that with McLemore getting hot, the ball movement has been a little bit lessened, and so House is not getting his usual open looks, and he's not able to cut to the basket because threes are going up perhaps earlier in the shot clock. I got to watch this team a little bit more closely. P.J. Tucker always can float his value with rebounds and steals, so even on slightly slower nights... It still turns out to be a good ball game for him. Uh, I'm not dropping Daniel House. I know a lot of you guys on Twitter are telling uh, telling me I'm sticking with him too long. But you guys do remember what he did the first couple weeks this year before he got hurt, right? Have we forgotten? Piling up defensive stats, piling up three-pointers. Look at his game log and look at what's gone on basically since he came back from his illness. He was good for half of that first game back, and then he basically just disappeared. He's been a completely different guy. Do not abandon ship. You're going to regret it if he gets this thing turned around. He's too good when he's rolling. And I don't know who you're picking up out there that's got a better ceiling than this dude. I get it if you want to bench him. And if you're in an unlimited games league, yeah, it hurts you a little bit because you know he's putting up these little tiny lines on a night-to-night basis. But, you know, it's not like he's going out there and clanking a bunch of free throws. He's not a high-volume guy. He's not hurting you in the categories where he can drag you down. He's just not providing much at the moment. So I'm still in, in his camp. I'm not going to manage him this fast. It's been like a week and a half where he's not looked good. I get it. Everybody's super impatient in this universe. But there are times where you have to look at a guy and say, we've seen this guy do it now. And... I I don't know that a week and a half post-injury and illness is a reason to completely abandon ship. Miami lost in Memphis. This feels like a game where they just didn't take the competition heavy enough and kind of got caught with their pants down. Grizzlies have actually played a little bit better lately. They've won two in a row. Uh, They're 10-17. and Memphis, guys, is uh, like two and a half games out of a playoff spot right now. I know it's not happening, but... Still kind of funny. Uh, loved the results from this ball game. also. It was all the stuff that we were hoping would happen. Derrick Jones Jr. has been a good stream here lately. Although, I'll admit, I haven't had the stones to flip him into a lineup. But with no Justice Winslow and no Goran Dragic, he's played well. Uh, same deal for Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. They just have a lot of opportunity when those other guys are out. But not really my bag. Obviously, Jimmy Butler, he's going to be great. Bam Adebayo has been great. Uh, even made... 75 percent of his free throws in this ball game, and then Duncan Robinson, who had foul issues in this game, and still hit four three pointers. So I'm I'm very much in the team Duncan camp, and I don't see any reason to abandon ship on that one either. He's number 88 overall in nine cat leagues because he just does it on good percentages. It's not easy to find a guy who can knock down a, a boatload of threes without killing you in field goal percent, but he is that guy. On the Memphis side, Jonas Valanciunas and Brandon Clark, both of our favorite centers over there, were great. Uh, Jared Jackson Jr. is just launching three balls like they're going out of style, but he's been fine lately, if unspectacular, uh, John Morant had 20 and 10. So cool, cool beans from Memphis, Dallas at Milwaukee. This is another one. where We were watching some stuff. We'll do the Milwaukee side first. Cause that's the easy one. Dante DiVincenzo just sort of plodding along here around the top 100. And as long as one dude on Milwaukee is hurt at all times, which it sort of seems like it is right now. He'll be fine. You can use him. It, it might be a stream. Sure, it might be a stream, but um, you can still flick him out there, and uh, you can feel pretty good, I think, that the results will be fine if at times a bit unspectacular. This is a pretty good ballgame for him, actually. Uh, Dallas injured star theory came through with the road win in Milwaukee to snap their massive winning streak. What a, what a weird time for that to happen. Uh, we talked about Jalen Brunson kind of being the guy with first crack at the point guard minutes, and sure enough, that panned out as well. I mean, prediction-wise, yesterday went almost as well as it could have gone with a lot of interesting factors at play. Brunson, 13 points, four boards, 11 assists, a steal, a three-pointer. Made all four of his free throws. He's a good foul shooter. Four for nine from the field. That's the only spot where you worry, and he didn't take that many shots. Uh, Delon Wright actually was very good in his 19 minutes, and so we'll continue to monitor really where he settles. Uh, I mean, unbelievably well-rounded line in his 19 minutes. But we sort of, if you could have predicted that he'd do this much in limited minutes, well, then, you know, kudos. But that was the big fear for me, at least, that he wouldn't play enough to be uh, fully fantasy relevant. And and in most cases, 19 minutes isn't enough. So uh, I'm still monitoring that. I'm still Streaming Jalen Brunson, I mean, they have a great point guard friendly offense they run in Dallas, and uh, I'll trot him out there. Also of note, Tim Hardaway Jr. got vastly outplayed in this one by Seth Curry, and that's become a little bit more of a hot hand situation at shooting guard, so perhaps you can't even trust any of those guys. Brunson, I think you can, though. As long as Luka's out, I think I trust Jalen Brunson. they 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 like him running the offense. He's going to pile up stats, even if they're mostly popcorn. And then you hope in 30 minutes maybe he can happen upon like 0.8 steals just to just to firm up the defensive stats. Uh, and so I think you roll with that one. That one feels like it's it's it relatively safe, relatively. Portland tight win over Phoenix, 111-110. Carmelo Anthony was very good. He's been a lot better than I think any of us could have predicted. Uh, he's inside the top 100 in nine cat now. In an unbelievable twist. And so (laughs) I don't know how the 1.3 steals and 0.6 blocks could possibly hold for the entire season, but that's where they are right now. Uh, He hasn't had that many steals since 2013 with New York, and it's not like his minutes were down. They're just way up. So um, I I think there's going to be a leveling off here. Um, You know, the field goal percent is obviously sustainable at 42. So that's not really been the big thing. Free throw is relatively sustainable as well. It's the defensive stats. They're, they're going to peel off from 1.9 combined. And when they do, he'll probably fall outside the top 100. But you can enjoy the ride right now. Uh, and if you are, are set in the percentages, or if you're set, or I should say in field goal percentage, if you're set in defensive stats and, and uh, assuming these are going to come down, then uh, he, he sort of fits the profile as a guy towards the end of your bench that can provide points and rebounds in general. The other guy we were watching this ball game, of course, is Dan Vesper's favorite, Kent Bazemore, who did finally have a more vintage Bazemore game. Uh, obviously, his full season ranking is not going to be very good because he just moved into the starting lineup four games ago uh, when Rodney Hood went down. But this was really a nice return, finally. I- I- I'm hoping this is the start of something. You know, he's sitting on .9 steals and .7 blocks on the season per game. Uh, in 23 minutes, his minutes went way up, and the steals and blocks didn't change at all. They should, by all accounts, move with his playing time. So uh, 35% shooting, that's obviously going to come up. Uh, it's not going to be good from the field, but it's going to be better than that. Uh, 80% of the foul line is probably a bit high for him, but who knows, maybe that—maybe he made a slight improvement there. I'm not going to bank on it. Uh, but as he gets those minutes He should be able to sit kind of around what he did yesterday, which is like 11 points, a couple of steals. He could really push one and a half or more in 30-some-odd minutes, Uh, probably somewhere between a half and one block because that's part of his game also, and probably about two three-pointers a game. So he could be a cash counter machine, and it's why I said to pick him up and, and hang on and wait to see how this thing levels off because we know what he can do when he's on the floor long enough. And and he doesn't even need to be a ball handler on this team. Yeah, so the assists will be a little lower than they were in Atlanta. But the other stuff should be fine. And finally, Phoenix uh, with no Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton back in their next ball game. So I think you can throw out a little bit of what you got from a guy like Frank Kaminsky. But there were a couple of interesting things here. Number one, Ricky Rubio is going to be tasked with doing probably too much when Booker is out. Kelly Oubre uh, has been quietly solid throughout the year. Mikael Bridges obviously doing a lot more with no Booker as well. Uh, Aaron Baines in 18 and a half minutes off the bench. I'm guessing them they're just sort of settling him into this role that he's going to have when Aiton takes the starters minutes. And then Dario Sharks, you're going to see his rebounds likely come down when the starting center is not Frank Kaminsky, who got five rebounds in 30 minutes, but instead DeAndre Ayton, who's probably going to get more like eight or nine in those 30 minutes a game. So Dario continuing to hang on somehow, but I am, I am skeptical that that could actually continue and uh, last throughout the year. So, really uh, a super fun Monday result. A lot of... I had a day yesterday where literally every single one of my Roto teams moved up in the standings. That's a pretty damn cool thing, because you guys know I have a lot of Bazemores, a lot of Streaming Brunsons, a lot of Clarks and uh some Duncan Robinsons, a lot of Uh, P.J. Tuckers, a lot of LaMarcus Aldridge's, and Chris Paul's, and Sadoransky's, and Chris Dunn's, and really the only guy that was a a negative for most of my teams yesterday was Daniel House. I didn't have Christian Wood almost anywhere. I think I said it on the pod. uh, He was basically owned in all of my leagues before I thought about streaming him anyway. Hyper-competitive basketball, and it almost saved me a little bit. Two for eight free throw shooting. That can knock you down a peg. So Somebody got nailed. It'll level off, such as the law of averages, but it sucks if you got stuck in that one. Folks, I mentioned it at the outset. Please do hit me up if you want to be a part of our team coverage unit. And if you are an experienced fantasy writer, hit me up. We may have a specialty position open as well at Dan Vespers on Twitter or send an email to teamhoopball at hoop ball.com. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. Drop a five-star on that bad boy. That's the that's the real key. Um, if you love the show, hit us with five stars on iTunes or on your podcast app. We'll love you forever. Sign up for the bruise letter, hoop-ball.com slash newsletter. And with that, I leave you to enjoy your Tuesday tomorrow. Brandon Marcus, little by low, sell high here on Fantasy NBA Today. A hoop ball. And Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee presentation for Josh Milman at Josh Milman J O S H M I L L M A N. I'm Dan Vespers. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a
1: hoop ball presentation.